burpy tonight. Can you edit those out, Angie? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Welcome back. The plans are optional. I think we're finally going. It's been a rough start to the podcast so far. Whew. I'm Andrew, joined by Marty Neal, Tommy. Uh, I didn't really think of a... I had all that time while you guys were trying to get set up to think of a good nickname, and all I can think of was Tommy. Then we have Hannah as well. Yes, I, I'm also here. <laughs> and then, yeah, Hannah. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> I didn't have anything else after that. All right. Well, I will tell you well, on you the Facebook. You guys can say hi or something. Well, hello. It's a podcast. You got to talk. Hi, guys. I got chastised for talking before. Marty. So now you're not going to talk for the whole podcast? The whole podcast. Marty's just silent, but we still have his recording. Oh, so sensitive. Sulking. <laughs> I am not. You cannot win, Marty. Just don't worry about it. No, I, I was trying to check the Facebook for any bets from last week, if anybody came up with any suggestions. Oh, I forgot about bets. And nobody nobody gave any. It's hmm. not that I found. Surprise. What? Hmm. That's all right. I yeah, also, that's a good reminder. Let- I we need to remember what the bets we already made were because I've kind of already forgotten. But eh, whatever. I just remember there was one about Hannah. I was and saying that that's a good mushrooms. reminder for our listeners to oh, yes. find us on <laughs> Facebook. At, uh, uh, plans are optional. Is that it? We don't even know it anymore. That's why people don't go there. And then Twitter is our optional plans handle. Do you guys prefer one or the other? I mean, I would assume its plans are optional if that's the one that you picked, but I guess that wasn't available on Twitter. It was not available. That's true. Uh, yeah. See, no, if you go no back, and change. I was going to say no thoughts of changing the podcast name later on to meet or to yeah. match that. We're going to call it True Crime, I think. Oh, we're calling it Horoscopes. Horoscopes. We're calling it True Crime. My co- my podcast is just called True Crime. That's it. <laughs> How's that coming along, Hannah? Yeah, any any updates? Ah, uh, well, I already wrote a script for the first episode for my part. You wrote a script? A script? What, what the is this? Fuck. Where research. is this where is this Hannah for this podcast? Well, you don't give me a topic to Jesus. research. Like, yeah, I need a topic and then I can go crazy cuz the script is also 6 pages long. It's longer than I thought it should Whoa. be, but so give us a little like preview of it in in terms of like what well do you think this will be the first episode and is it going to be an episode of just one serial killer or mystery so, or like how how will the format any any uh judgments or plans on that So I think it will depend uh week to week a bit we're having we're skyping on Thursday to actually talk some stuff. We have a, a logo already. It's fucking great. Sarah is essential to the logo making process. So we have a great logo. We have that done. Um, yeah, like how the episodes are actually going to go. I think we're just going to record a practice one and see how long it is. Practice one? You just wrote remember- a six page practice script. Well, I'm, I'm going to use that as a, it will be an episode. It's my hometown murder. Well, it's one of my hometown murders because Fresno has a lot. <laughs> is it like a well-known one, or is it? I don't know. One that you haven't heard done before. I haven't 
heard it done on any other podcast. Uh, and I, it was in high school. Well, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear this, but you'll forget in a month. My English <laughs> teacher's husband was a uh, public defender. And so it, she just mentioned it randomly from time to time. So this is the acid lady, just as a dangle. She's also a well, scientist. Well, I'm ready for it. Yay! You can get to hear about dissolved bodies. I got deets. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Nice. I'll definitely listen in. Yeah, but let's, let's, we gotta do a practice. And I honestly okay, want to get a fair. couple, I want to get a couple scripts written so I don't have to be crunched for time. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's And I awful. also think if, uh, there's the big boy serial killers too. We haven't really talked about how we'll address those, but those are at least one an episode, maybe multi-parters, but I don't know. I have a lot of ideas. We just got to see how it goes. If you give, I wrote kind of a script where we had that one thing to research for this podcast, uh, landmarks. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But then I stole it. You did. <laughs> Sorry. It was so rude. I know. I wanted to keep oh. it a secret so it'd be a surprise, but whoops. Surprise. That's still one of our best episodes. Who the fuck else would know about the Georgia Guidestones? Andrew. Probably people from Georgia. No, you know it sounds like something Neil would know about. Neil gave I, us a hill, I think. I yeah, I, I didn't know about it. <laughs> was it just a hill? I don't remember exactly, but or a mound? Was it a mound? It was like a hill, yeah, something like that. But we we got Tom back this week. Tom wasn't feeling too great last time. How are you no, feeling now? I was not. I am feeling fantastic now. I can uh, I can give you the whole kind of rundown. On what happened there and why I was uh, off last week's episode. So, oh, do uh, tell. So, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it was uh, it, it was very eventful. I mean, typically you, you're gonna go in for like what a quick shot. You sit for 15 minutes and you're out. Mine ended up taking I want to say close to three hours before Jesus I got Christ. out of there. So I uh, <clears throat> so I guess I have like a phobia of needles. It all stems. At least the 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 first time I ever had an issue with, and I so going into college they had a requirement for getting a meningitis vaccination. Um, I don't know if you guys had the the same kind of requirement staying on campus. It hasn't mm-hmm. stayed in my brain as a pivotal moment in my life, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I had fair enough a similar experience. Yes, yeah. Tom. So so I had to I got it done at a local doctor's office. And they told me what happened was I had an allergic reaction to it. And I like, I just remember um, like starting to feel foggy, starting to like ringing in my ears, started to go like my uh, vision started getting black. Next thing you know, I was out. And they told, so my mom was there at the time. They actually told her that the my eyes rolled to the back of my head and my body started, I started convulsing. And they kind of, I guess, freaked out at the time. They told me they gave me Benadryl going off of, like, memory. But it could have been an EpiPen. I don't remember. Um, but then I eventually That's... came to. They called 911. They put me in a... I, by the time the ambulance got there and they got me on a stretcher, brought me out and took me to the hospital, I was, like completely fine at that point yeah but now you're stuck 
and they well, don't let you go once you're in the ER. <laughs> like they drove you them. to the hospital in the ambulance. They did. Oh my goodness, that's a heck he of a had, hospital bill. He had real health insurance. <laughs> I, I guess I had real ho- health insurance. I was also a minor at the time, so I was on my parents. So oh, this is any of that. This, this is, is your now. college one. This is Got the college it. one. Got it. I'm, okay. give, I'm giving you a background story to kind of lead into. Okay. Okay. I thought this I, just I, happened. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it did have good so, Yeah, so this is though. this is what happened on the meningitis. Yeah, ever before that though. I never had an issue with needles. Never had an issue with like getting a flu shot, any kind of vaccination, booster shot. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had blood work done a few times. You know, my childhood never had an issue. Cool with heroin. Then. Yeah, heroin. No, no problems at all is. throughout high school. Yeah. Up to the toes. So, like, ah, oh, Hannah, okay, why? That? What? Why? Oh, toe corner. <laughs> mm. I was Sorry. gonna. Mm. Maybe, Mart- <laughs> Marty, do you have uh, this uh, condition? I, I like- also do not like needles. So okay. Hannah, with that image of oh, be- between the toes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the toe part. It doesn't part. sound fun. Just, if if well, you start gonna- feeling faint or anything, please sit down or lay down. You're going to hate don't, the episode don't continue standing. that uh, I'll eventually do on Albert Fish if you don't like needles. You have to give anyway. us a little bit of a warning. Yeah. For that one. <laughs> Specifically for Marty and you, I guess. Yeah. The title's just going to be called This Is Your Warning, Marty and Tom. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Needles. Anywho, continue <laughs> your story. Tom. All right. So, yeah. So I didn't have the uh, the greatest experience with that. And from that point on, I was, I, I guess I kind of associated any kind of needle with that experience. And from there, it just, kept getting worse um every time i've gotten a needle from either a dentist or blood work it's always happened i've always fainted after that but i haven't gotten another flu shot or vaccination since then so going down there last monday this is the first time doing that and i have that in the back of my mind but i'm thinking all right there's no real similarity to the two vaccinations it's not like it's the same virus or anything, um, or meningitis is a bacteria, bacterial infection. Is that what it is? Or is it a virus? It's a bacterium, I think. Well, now I have to look yeah. it up. Now I'm gonna look oh, like an idiot. It, Tom. It's regardless. <laughs> it, yeah. So regardless, um, so I'm sitting there. The the needle goes in, barely feel it at all. It's like the slightest pinch, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. And then I'm sitting there. And then I'm starting to like think in my head, oh man, like what if I'm allergic to it? What if the same thing happens? And then my mind just starts spiraling from there. And then the next thing you know, the ringing in my ears start happening. Vision starts going black. And I'm like, I need help. You know, (laughs) trying to tell the woman next to me. Like, where were you? Well, and also in addition to that, I had, I felt like I couldn't breathe at all. And it's like, Full, full on, like it's full on, like panic attack. Yeah, it, um, a panic attack and an allergic reaction can feel the same sometimes, but well, that was probably. I guess a that's panic the thing attack. because, like, they tell me it was an allergic reaction last time, and I just remember my throat kind of, I couldn't breathe. That's a panic attack for me, though. But if that was the case for the meningitis vaccination, and I'm led to believe it was, I, I think uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> 
the out I, the being allergic to a shot is the I, nice yeah. way of saving face for you. I mean, granted, yeah. there are some legitimate, oh yeah, allergic reactions, mm-hmm. but they are few, few and far between. So it's allowing yeah. you to save face. Mm-hmm. But so with an allergic reaction, though, your throat closes up, right, and you can't breathe. So then I start spiraling, thinking that that's going on again, and that this time it could be just as serious. Um, and so then I'm uh, so all that is going on. I'm sitting in a chair. Meanwhile, at least um, you're sitting down. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting down for it. And the next thing you know, like I, I'm telling the woman next to me who just gave me the needle, like I need help, and I'm. Next thing you know, I'm out. So I like wake up. My my dad came with me just because I had a feeling something like this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like being in Atlantic City by myself. Uh, so <laughs> so I come to. I guess they they handed me my vaccination card and something else, and I dropped it on the ground when I passed out. They they said <laughs> I slumped over in my chair and and all that when I came to. And like the first thing I decided to ask. When they're like sitting there, like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Did you give me an EpiPen or <laughs> Benadryl?" Like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, what Whether is wrong I, what, with me? Was I allergic to it? What happened? Was it just my anxiety? Did I have a panic attack? Like, it kind of felt like a panic attack. So I'm sitting there wondering what it is. So they're telling me, "No, we didn't give you anything. You, you just, your blood, uh, you just, I don't know, faint it or whatever." So the EMTs come over. They're like, "All right, lay down." So they lay me down. Meanwhile, I'm like the first table as you walk in, and there's like 100 people in line. So like, I'm, I was gonna say I'm there right, had to be like, a lot of people there. They, yeah, they like lay me down, um, <laughs> and they try to like put this curtain thing around my body <laughs> as I'm like laying there, and they look like. So I'm sitting there for like a good minute or two. People are walking by. My dad's joking around thinking like, oh yeah, everyone's walking in saying I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I want to do now. I should definitely be getting the vaccination. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like people walking by staring at me, figuring out what the hell is going on, what happened. And uh, and then they're like, you're kind of in the middle of the aisle, so we're going to try to move you out of the way. And I'm like, (laughs) so scoot it myself over. I uh, I got hooked up to a blood pressure monitor, like one of the, the things that go around your arm and they pump it and, and all that, but it's like an automatic one. Sitting there, my blood pressure dropped to, I guess the first number was like 80. Oh, I think you meant the number one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, first yeah, the first number. number. <laughs> the first number. Yeah, that's, that's not good. That 80 be- super so low. It's normally, like, it's normally like 120, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it dropped to eighty. So they might, they say my blood pressure was extremely low, which makes sense on why I fainted. Um, That'll do so, it. Yeah. So I'm laying there. They're like, "All right, we want to try to sit you up." This is after like five minutes. I'm laying there. So I started to sit up. I was starting to feel okay at that point. They said they got my blood pressure up to like a hundred, and it was like that for a minute. So then they tried to get me in a wheelchair to, I guess, roll me over somewhere. Get you out of sight, okay? <laughs> Get me out of sight. They they didn't want to freak everyone out coming in there. Right? You're bad for business, right? Tom. Mm-hmm. So then I'm sitting in the wheelchair, and I, I just start feeling the same thing again. I, my vision starts going a little bit, and I'm like, I got to sit. I got to lay back down. I got to lay back down. So then they do that, lay back down. And then my blood pressure just is consistently like it won't get above like 90 ish. 
And the woman, the EMT, she was uh, sitting there like, all right, we're going to try to everything we can. But meanwhile, before all this, they were asking if I wanted to go to the hospital. And I was saying, like, no. Once I found out that it wasn't an allergic reaction, I was like, I'm good. Like, if you can... It, she she said she thinks she knew what was going on. She can help me get my blood pressure up. If she can't, then yeah, ultimately I have to go. But uh, so trying to do all sorts of stuff, just like basically wait it out. And then she was saying, otherwise, what we're gonna have to do is stick you with an IV, and I don't want to <laughs> stick you with another needle <laughs> to have this whole thing happen again. So I'm like, oh great, yeah, let's uh, let's let's just kind of chill out for a little bit and <laughs> just put me in the corner. I'll lay yeah, down for I'll a while. I'll lay down for a while, and I'll so, get up and I'll leave. It's yeah. fine. So, uh, how unfortunately, long were you there? Oh. I was probably laying on the ground for at least 15, 20 minutes at that time. I feel like. So then, eventually, uh, they couldn't do anything else, and they were like, oh, "We're gonna have to do the IV." I'm like, "Oh, great." Another needle. <laughs> this one, I felt a lot more. Still wasn't that bad. I was pretty out of it at this time. So, meanwhile, like I'm, I'm really foggy, like really out of it, spaced out a little bit. Uh, I start getting like a upset stomach. Um, don't know if I'm gonna throw up or not. Get sick, and so like all this is going on. So like the the last thing I really cared about at that point was to get stuck with another needle. It's um, a behold, perfect was, time. Yeah, but I was I was fine with it. But they ended up getting the bag out of one of the ambulances uh, that were uh, one of the trucks that were outside, and it was a pretty cold day out. So the bag was like freezing, and they were saying that as uh, as they were like going to get it and all, I felt it like going through me, and it was I was, was shivering cold? so much. Yeah, I was I was freezing during wow. this time. Um, yeah. so eventually like they got me in that, I started to feel a little bit better. Blood pressure started coming up and they were like, they, then they eventually they got a stretcher and they brought it over and they had like four people lift me up and like put me on a stretcher. And they honestly they, were probably kind of excited to have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, don't worry. We haven't lost anybody yet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. So I'll be okay. Did they actually There's be? always... There's always the first. Yeah, right. Did they actually say that? Yeah, the EMT did. No fucking way. <laughs> I feel like EMT, she's, EMT she's people are picture. just dark humor. Yeah, it could be. But no, I thought it was funny. And she, no, he, she was showing me pictures he, of her dog and trying to like talk to me and have me like in a good state of mind. Meanwhile, I'm like sitting there like laughing. I'm having like, like I'm, I'm fine for the most part. I'm just like feeling like shit basically. Um, so eventually they wheeled me away from everyone so that way I'm not the first person that everyone sees as they come into the room and that the woman can continue giving out vaccinations I guess uh, so they bring me back I'm sitting in a stretcher and uh, my blood pressure just like is still not really going anywhere it's still staying at like 90-ish right like below 100 so eventually they got me orange juice and a blueberry muffin yeah. You're like, I was just doing this for the brunch. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And everything so, was fine. I, yeah. And then at that point, everything <laughs> Poor was little fine. champagne and that orange juice we got. <laughs> yeah. I would open up the capillaries. It'd be great. <laughs> so, uh, food? Yeah, did that. Gave me, uh, yeah, the IV. They finished that off. Um, eventually, like, they sat me up to eat and drink. And my levels started going up a lot more. Um, meanwhile, like, during this, like right as that was happening, 
I, I felt like an overwhelming feeling of like depression. It was really odd. Ooh. Very, very sad. Uh, very sad feeling out of nowhere. Just hit me. Huh. And um, yeah, but then, so then after that, like eventually my blood pressure went back up and they eventually wheeled me over in a wheelchair to uh, sit there for a little bit and make my next appointment in You're two like, weeks from now. That's the best <laughs> bit. Get the second so shot. we'll see you in two weeks then. There's like a little like star by your name on the chart right. or something though. Yeah, just like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're like, I'm just going to lay on the ground. Can you give me the shot down here? <laughs> it's the, it's the orange and blueberry muffin guy, guys. It's back. <laughs> orange juice He's- muffin. So that that's the remedy of the whole thing. It's orange juice and a blueberry muffin. Was the was the cure? I, I did forget to add in there. So when I was feeling like so sick to my stomach, they took out what looked like another needle, and they were like, "Oh, so we can give you." They were asking me if I was allergic. I think it was called Zofran. I don't know if that's the right. I I want to say that's the right medicine. Um, so. Th- but it looks like a needle that they were they had it and I'm sitting there thinking I'm like, all right, like you already gave me two needles, but I, I think I'm good. I haven't like gotten sick yet and I've been sitting here for like forty five minutes or so. And <laughs> and uh and then eventually like they were like, Oh, but it goes through the IV, you're already hooked up through that. And I was like, Okay, yeah, give it to me. So then that really <laughs> helped with the nausea, a mix between that and drinking and eating. Dude, like, they have time. some amazing anti-nausea meds they can send yeah. through those, those oh, that IVs. Was, that was it, like it hits so fast. Instant. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was shocked. Uh, Medical so, science has progressed. Amazing. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> felt pretty great coming out of there. The, the one thing I will say is all day long, I was just exhausted. Whether that was from the vaccination, I, don't, I have... I don't think it was. Maybe the low blood from, pressure. I think it was from the low blood pressure and all that. Yeah. So then just all day, I was just really exhausted. And I think I got dehydrated a little bit because I had a headache for oh, a probably. little bit last half of the day. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of why I missed uh, last week's episode. Ended up taking the day off work. And I just was completely out of it. I watched uh, Mindhunter pretty much all day. Though. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Great show. Great show. Tom, my uh, my uh, college shot was very similar as well because I went in for my checkup and everything, you know, what you have to do. And they got one shot in one arm and then they get had to give me another shot in another arm. Right. So I was getting two shots. Um, was this the, the meningitis or a different? Yeah, one? Do you, it was do you meningi- one? meningitis. Oh, and I think I needed to get another one. I think it was a it was a booster or was it tetanus? It might have been tetanus. Maybe or something, but um, they're like, I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I was building this up the whole time that I was just like, a lot of shots, a lot of needles. All right, let's just get it over with. It's just gonna suck. Like, get it done. Then all of a sudden, they're like, all right, hop down, move you to this other chair because you know I was on one of those exam tables, kind of thing. Hop over. Um, she goes, all right, flip over your wrist, like, because um, the next one is through a vein or something on your arm oh, okay. or something. And then she just looks at me and she goes, are you okay? And I just remember going, I'm fine. And just out. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, like doctors like lifting me and throwing me on the, on the exam table and like 
patted me like to get me to come to. Mm. And then, you know, got talking and I learned then, and we talked about it this weekend or this last week about not getting a shot on an empty stomach. Yep. Especially or do. if you No, don't don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> because like then your fear and anxiety then it just exasperates it. And I got my shot on Friday and oh, I made sure I ate before. And I'm like you and I I hate needles. I am not a needle person. And it was okay. It was fine. Oh good. Um glad to hear. You know, my arm was sore. How was how was your guys' Oh arms? yeah. My arm got I felt my arm like was I sore. Into a wall or something, but that was about it. it Every time I lift soreness. my you know, arm, it's occurring to me all three of you are younger than me. I and know. All had COVID shots. What's going on? Well, well, I work in education. You're an educator. You're in education. That makes theoretically, sense. Theoretically, I'm an educator. Theoretically, you're an educator. I'll buy that. It doesn't. They're trying to vaccinate the entire campus, basically. She's okay. a grad student who so has to teach. So students are getting vaccinated students. too. All right. And what's your excuse, Tom? I have none. Jersey. You're just, you're just a lucky, Jersey. lucky motherfucker Jersey who gets to go to the. A, you just get yeah. to go to the hospital and pass out and hang out there for three hours, get free juice and free muffins. Exactly. I I'm going to say, <laughs> if you really want to get the doctors running, pass out in a hospital. I mean, it, he was you in Atlantic City too. You wake up to like 20, 20 yeah. doctors. Uh, all he needs like to do is walk places. down a. He just needs to walk down the beach and get stuck by a needle. <laughs> oh God! It's very true. Wow! Yuck! Yeah, yuck! That's right between nuts. the toes, Marty. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, My favorite thing so about what... uh, that I did because I had surgery one time that I got knocked out fucking completely, and holy hell, I kind of understand how people do drugs. Cause that like rush that they give you like right before you get completely knocked out like that was that was fun, but I guess I woke up. But I don't remember this when I woke up after the surgery. I was all by myself in the post stop, and I guess I just super groggily asked the nurse where the mini bar was, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god. And he told me that I was like, oh, what does that say about me? As you a know, person? there is. A, it's funny you say that because um, I was talking to a nurse because I've been under probably five or six times in my life and the first time I went under was for appendicitis which I had when I was like 18 um and um the nurse told me that when when people wake up and they're in that sort of half lucid state it's like it's basically like being you know extremely you're extremely high your inhibition levels are zero so what people say is very revealing about who they are that's what she. That's what she said to me. Great. She's like, some people are mean, some people are nice, oh, some people are all different, you know, like characteristics. Drums. And so your first thing was to just ask where the bar was. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I couldn't even stand up, but I wanted to know where the bar was. You like? And then I, I got hit with the nausea the shortly after. But they gave you that miracle drug, and I'm like, I've never not felt nauseous this quickly in my life. That's cool that they can work that quickly. Yeah. So did you guys, just while we're talking about getting knocked out, because I've never, I personally, I've never passed out from, you know, an unexpected event like um, like a needle or being punched in the face or something like whatever, right? That is very um, unexpected. <laughs> no, you know, like getting knocked out or something. But but did you guys ever do that thing at school where oh, you God, would go... You guys- 
you would breathe. You would, you know what I'm saying, Hannah? Look, at, I can tell by the look on your face. You're like, yeah, we this is that. a guy thing. Yeah, which is, was it also like you got pressed? It was, it, yeah, it was. You get pressed in the chest, so you would yeah. breathe, and someone would be like, okay, breathe in and out really hard, and then I'm going to push your chest, and you're going to pass out, and and someone will be like, no, that's the most stupid thing I ever heard. That's not going to happen, and then they would do it. And then you would, everyone would be watching, and then that guy would literally go, no, I'm absolutely, ugh, and pass out, right? And everyone would be like, because it looks so fake when people pass out. Like, people pass out, and they lose all sense of their muscular control, right? So they pass out, and it's like, that wasn't real. Let me have a go. So then next thing you know, you got this <laughs> rotation of fucking apes, basically, going, oh, it's all a load of bullshit. I can survive. And one by one, everyone's, like, passing out for 10 seconds and getting back up again. Obviously, it's not I, not recommended, but did you guys ever do that? I've never heard of this. Marty's yeah. nodding. He's head. He did it. Marty did it. I knew someone did it. Someone here had to do it. I hadn't done it, but like it was at a volleyball tournament, and we were the guys were sitting on one side of the dorm and or whatever, and we were on the other half. And all they were doing in the guys' room were doing that thing where they were passing each other out. I'm just like, yeah. Ah, high school guys, why do I like any of you? Pretty stupid, right? <laughs> hey, I, I, that was an elementary school thing. For, and then we played quarters, which was also stupid, but whatever. Quarters? Why is quarters stupid? Quarters I don't know is great. It, is it quarters, uh, it's a coin game, right? It's what? It's playing games, coins for money. Wait, are you playing no, you... the drinking game, or are you playing bloody knuckles with quarters? Bloody Knuckles. It's Bloody oh, Knuckles. Okay. okay. I uh, okay. went to Two a Seventh-day Adventist school. Yeah. I wasn't drinking on my high school volleyball tournament weekend. There's your problem. Not that weekend, at least. I'm kidding, kidding. We had a, in England, we didn't have that quarters game. We had a we had a card game called um, it was called something knuckle something, and it was basically when you 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 would get the cards and you would like riffle them slightly. And if you lost, you had to put your hand on the table, and they would wrap you. They would wrap your knuckles with the and with it, their hand. You know, like no, it's knuckle something. Knuckle. I don't, I'll knuckle. have to look. I'll have to look it up. Knuckle but, pop. No, that wasn't. No. But maybe it's the same game. More stupid things. Moose I knuckle. Think, like, moose knuckle. No. Camel toe. Sounds like you guys have similar games. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or you're just mocking. Or you're just mocking me. One or the other. Uh, did you ever play that other game, Rochambeau, like rock, paper, scissors? And if you lose, then they get to like punch you in the arm. Yeah. Why did I play these games? <laughs> I really enjoyed them, actually. Too. I don't know what's wrong with me. No, they're enjoyable because you know it's like it's that feeling of like knowing that you're going to get just that little fun about knowing you're going to be in pain. But you know the other person suffering just as much as you are. I'm going to bring up quarters yeah. at my next game night with uh, Sarah and Perk. <laughs> Bloody knuckles. We always just called it quarters. Now, I passed out one time, and I was having an allergic reaction, but I'm pretty sure I passed out from the Benadryl, and so I've been afraid to take Benadryl ever since. Now, you hmm. can be allergic to Benadryl, right? I assume but, so. You I can mean, be allergic to almost everything. And I'm not really allergic yeah. to anything. I have no idea what happened to me that one. Oh, it was a sad story, actually. It was high school again. Um, I had a date to the Sadie Hawkins not dance because we didn't dance because we were Adventists. But I finally had a date. In your khaki pants? I got to ask the guy out. 
And then I had a fucking allergic reaction the day of, and I passed out in the hospital pharmacy. I was in the ER for like three hours. My neck and my lips were swollen as shit, so I didn't get to go to the one dance, not dance. I guess they were called banquets. Wait, so they called it the Sadie Hawkins banquet? It was a a banquet. That's what it was called. Because there's no dancing. Yeah, you stand around and mill around like the punch bowl or table, right? Or there's tables like the Christmas banquet was always table. Honestly. What's the deal with the Adventists and the no dancing? They live in the town of Footloose. Sinful. I'm sure Ellen White said something about it, but Hmm. I do. Dancing leads to horizontal dancing. I was like, vertical dancing leads to horizontal dancing. (laughs) I don't know. And that is why there is a generation of Adventists my age that do not know how to dance, but still try. And when they love each other real, like a, a real big amount, they hold each other's hands, squeeze real tightly. And then a few months later, a baby is born. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, you have to give them the wedding watch. You can't do the hand-holding before the wedding. And rings are also Rings are also not cool in the eyes of God, so... Uh... So we gotta do a SDA episode sometime, but we can't do that this one. SDA, yeah, Caitlin's not here. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can move on. What's SDA? No, no, I mean... It's I just wanted to share my sad high school story about how I never had a date. And the one time I did, I got the only allergic reaction of my entire life. Hmm. Well, that sucks. It's hard to hear that. It wasn't meant to be, Hannah. The tarot cards and the crystals were not. They were not in my favor at the time. Well, we can can go off of that topic in a completely other opportunity because Hannah just shared with us a missed opportunity. And I'm sure we all have a missed opportunity in some regards in our history before. Well, wow, that's vague. Did you have something in <laughs> yeah, mind, Marty? Well, no, like, you know, like, <laughs> the date or something that you missed out on for whatever reason that, like, something happened. Like, oh. Hannah had an allergic reaction and passed out and spent time in the in the ER. Like, and I'm, the main I'm sure problem somebody... was that my entire head was swollen and I did not want him to see me. <laughs> I don't know uh, why I, I, think I have that... such a thing. By the name, Missed Opportunities, you might not even know that it's happening. It doesn't even have to be a date or something. Something where it was like, oh, hey, um, you know, I just missed the boat on this one chance or something. I have a very trivial missed opportunity. One time I was invited to go to Dick Van Dyke's wedding, uh, which was also being ho- on the Mar- on the, the Mary whatever ship down in Long the Beach. Queen Mary? Or- Queen, yeah. And that's where it was on that ship. And uh, uh, also, the person that was marrying Dick Van Dyke was someone who ran the, the best sushi restaurant in Los Angeles, like like $500 sushi, right? So I wanted, I could care less about Dick Van Dyke or anything but the sushi, but I'm like, this is going to be awesome and fun, obviously. I'd enjoy the whole thing. And I got so deadly sick, I couldn't go. So my wife went without me. That, was great. that is a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, it's Chim Chim, whatever the song is. Chim 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 Chim. So that's that's I'm... on the level of my missed opportunity. Yeah, holy yeah, crap! It's pretty trivial, and I'm not like too beat beat about it, but it's the only thing that comes to mind. I don't know. I don't know. Hannah, was he going to be your one and only? Because just imagine though, high school 
emotions. Oh yeah, that's way worse. Going to Dick Van Dyke's wedding and having really good sushi. Yeah, but yeah. on the <laughs> Queen Mary. That's, that's, that's a that's a big thing. No. Now no, that no. I'm an adult, I'd rather do that than go to a Sadie Hawkins banquet. <laughs> yeah, as an adult, but now they but at the time I bet you it was the only thing in your world, right? <sighs> yeah, or I've read was... my old journals. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I keep them to remind myself of how sh- I've improved. <laughs> Tom, you have one? I think we should get Marty I to do one really since don't he's have the one, one that suggested You missed the opportunity to have a normal COVID test. That's true. We will mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> well, he has one more chance. One more shot. That's true. You got one say. more shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm feeling pretty good about this one, too. Going into like two weeks. So I go on the 29th. On uh, so it's another Monday. So if of it doesn't it go is. too well, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, the, uh, record. Push it out a day, Tom. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. One random one that kind of pops in my my head. So back like freshman year of college. Um, so I was cheated on by my girlfriend and ended up breaking up. And I was pretty depressed or just down on myself all throughout then. But looking back on it. There was this one girl on our on my floor who was into me, but I never pursued anything with with her. Don't you hate and, that uh, when you meet uh, a girl years later and she goes, yeah. "I'm so into you," and you were like, "You're like shit." But I learned something. Like, if they say if they say tell? that to you at that moment, that means they're ninety five percent still into you enough to tell you. Yeah. So it's true. There's two missed opportunities. They've man. got to a point where they just say what they feel. Like I was in high school, I was very much you do not let the person know they like you because it makes you look like an idiot and vulnerable or whatever. So I would I never would. Now I'm just like, hey, you fucking or and if the answer is no, then we're moving on. Don't to clown. <laughs> How straight are you? Well, and here here's the twist with Tom's story. It's probably the same girl he's been out on a bunch of dates with lately, so Yes, exactly. We got reconnected, and that's that's her. It is it's fairy tale. No. Oh, of course <laughs> not. Like, I, I was pulling that out of my ass money. here, but no, Jesus she lives Christ. out in California now. Last oh. time I checked, so you don't want I, this so... new girl to hear about it. How often no, you no, check, no. Tom? <laughs> exactly. That's why I haven't told her about the podcast yet. <laughs> How often do I check? Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Probably uh, well over a year. Good save. Oh, okay. two. Good save. I'm not on. I will say I don't I really dodged, go on Facebook very often. I know. I definitely dodged a bullet getting divorced because my ex-husband is now close your ears, Marty, super bald, and he has like two random kids out of nowhere, and I don't want. I don't want the kids. I said close your ears, Marty. You, you should have started. What do you got against balls, guy? Against bald guys. Balls. He guy? just. <laughs> balls. <laughs> I said balds. <laughs> B A L D S. The tape no, no, won't no. lie. That bald guy. What's wrong with bald guys? Uh, I don't have a very good visual memory. No, he just had a lot of like he had a. He's gonna the, sidestep that one. No, no, no. I was it gonna was say the, that, um, but the <laughs> early two thousands that fun emo movement where you had the swish bangs. Oh, so he had the hair before. He had a lot of hair. He's, now he's okay. And he did the swish bangs, and he had his ears gauged, but he was really a little pussy the whole time. Shots So, fired. appearances can be deceiving. Okay. 
right. Andrew, so, do you so want to go with your missed opportunity, or do you want me to go with mine? Um, I, I suppose I can go. Sorry, I was trying some notes real quick, because Neil jumped out of here. Big um, surprise. Tell big everybody. surprise. But, uh, Missed opportunities. I don't know. I was trying to think here. And you, when you said that it didn't have to be like dating or anything, I thought back to when I was in college when I first heard about Bitcoin. And it was right after the big spike they had in 2011. Um, and it came down after that. Like it was a dollar, then it jumped up to in the 30s, and it came back down to like, I don't know, $4 or something. At that point, I was like, oh, I missed the boat. And then at the same time, I didn't even know what Bitcoin did. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't understand it well enough at that point. I never really took the time to read up on it. I still but I'm gonna con- I'm gonna consider that my missed opportunity. That's fair. You know what? Well, I was gonna say this time. I was gonna say Bitcoin was a missed opportunity for me because a buddy of mine in around the same time bought he bought fifty bitcoins for uh no sorry yeah fifty bitcoins at a hundred bucks they were. So he, he put 5,000 into Bitcoin, and that was on MT Gox, which was the exchange that you would get it through then. And I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. But I didn't do it because $5,000 is $5,000. But it was mainly because it was difficult. It was kind of, it was a hassle compared to today to go through that process. Yeah. And in hindsight, MT Gox um, went down. They, you know, they, they, they exploded, right? But he was able to get about 35 out of his 100 Bitcoins out. Um, but today, if you had bought those Bitcoins and if you had gotten them out and if you hadn't sold them, it'd be worth 5 million bucks. What? So that's that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I was, yeah. I was yeah. thinking about that today because, well, not today, but I was thinking about that earlier this week. I was listening to a podcast and they had a guest on there who had sold um sold his release of his album with with non-fungible tokens nfts have you heard about those yeah mm-hmm. so i started reading into that at all and now you know it's been kind of blown up here in the past three weeks as far as it goes in the media but interesting concept for sure you know kind of a certificate of authenticity for digital goods do you it's- understand cryptocurrency and like how all the because like I mean you have Bitcoin but then you have all these other coins right but it's all a digital currency based off of Bitcoin is that how that works not not all of them no. so some of them fork off of Bitcoin but there's other ones that are their own technology or blockchain technology I guess the best example of that would just be, you know if you look at Bitcoin then you have Ethereum those are entirely different but yeah if you had Bitcoin and then Bitcoin Lite those are forked off of each other. And how do they get their value? Like, how is that value established? So the value with Bitcoin is the fact that, well, supply so, and demand, right? There's what people only going to be. What was that? People, just what people are willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. For what people what, are willing though? to pay. Sorry, I no, just don't no. understand what the product is. He's oh, so, telling you. <laughs> all right, you think about supply and demand. That's that's one thing. You, there's going to be an a certain amount that's ever going to be mined, right? I think they'll be mined out in about 140 years, but no, after no. every... No, they'll be mined out by 2040, right? No, because of the halving process. So Yeah, but, so, but even with halving, they're already at 18 million. I think it's like... 
It's only I'm 12 not, years until they're done, right? isn't it? I'm not going to do that math right now. I think you should, Neil. I'll do it on the internet. Uh, okay. Oh, no, you're right. 2140. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Thanks, internet. Yeah. Thanks, internet. All right. Anyway. 100 and something years. So limited supply as it goes up in value or it's going to go up in value because there's limited supply and what you get for that is the ability to exchange goods without a centralized banking system right i guess but you can only use it with other people on the internet that want a bitcoin well you can use it with any anybody that holds bitcoin you can trade bitcoin with but in a in an anonymous and a decentralized fashion so it's become a it's become a haven for two things. One is as a store of value, i.e. as a sort of a digital replacement for gold. So a hedge against if, inflation as well. Yeah, imagine if you were Apple, right? And you were running all of the finances for Apple and you've got all these shareholders and you've literally got hundreds of billions of dollars in the bank. You, If you just leave that money there and do nothing with that money, it's going to lose value, If especially if you hold it in dollars and dollars and inflation happens or the dollar loses value. So what you'd want to do traditionally is you'd want to invest it in bonds or things that give you a, like a very safe return because you don't want to risk it, right? Because it's your company, right? You don't want to just throw it up there on something crazy. But bonds are so badly paying because interest rates have been so low for the last decade or so. And then you could say, well, maybe I'll move it into your into the euro or into this or into that. But because so many countries have been printing currencies, your then next step kind of is, well, maybe I should put, maybe I should put it in gold. Because gold, but but gold also fluctuates with currency. So anyway, Bitcoin is just another asset class into which you can put some put money. So you could say, and and if you look at it like historically, since Bitcoin began, even though it's very very immature, um, has gained it's like a two hundred percent return year over year for the last twelve thirteen years. So that's a massive amount of money that even if you took say just five percent of all the money you hold as Apple and put it in Bitcoin. You could make back and keep your because as a company, you're not trying to make necessarily make money on your money, but to keep up with inflation so that you can keep running your business. So that you because if you don't, basically the power, you know, your shareholder value and your company's value and your strategy over say 30 years, you can like, you know, you could go down to like a tenth of your actual value just by sitting on the money that you made from making your products. So Bitcoin is a is a mechanism by which some people believe and some people do not believe that you can, it's a store of value. It's a hedge against currency, fiat currency, like, you know, actual printing mm-hmm. currency and commodities and gold and stuff like that. So it's a new form of money. And the, and the interesting thing about Bitcoin is that it is, um, unlike those other things, it's deflationary. So you can't make more of it. You can't print more money. You can't print more Bitcoin. But you can print more dollars. Obviously, they're about to print two trillion in the next. Well, they just did. You can you can get more gold because if gold if the price of gold goes up, mining activities go up, and there's actually plenty more gold to be mined. It's just not profitable to do so. So if you, but if if the price of gold goes up, people are going to be like, oh, let's go mine more gold. We'll go get more gold. So those are inflationary. They can add more supply to the system. But Bitcoin is fine. Right? Bitcoin is is it's a deflationary system in the sense that you there's 21 million bitcoins that can ever be made because it is it's an algorithm it's algorithmically determined right it's a it's just a hashing system effectively yeah and you so. think about the, the one of the biggest things facing bitcoin is kind of this conversation right here is how do 
how do people educate themselves on where where its value comes from and so as the market increases for it as it scales and it captures real world value within it it becomes more valuable because people start buying into it and you start seeing that you know within the past week i think quite like, a few like, like people... tesla bought tesla bought right yeah so there's an example of where a big company decided even though it's elon musk and he's you know it's pretty out there but the fact is is even though he you know he still has to answer to the board and, and the shareholders to a degree and he looks at it and says well putting some of our money into bitcoin isn't really that bad of an investment otherwise what are we going to do with it just leave it in leave it in cash and he says cash is shit i think he actually said on twitter cash is terrible and <laughs> oh, Bit- cash is shit i was hoping <laughs> yeah cash is shit i think he said cash is i can't remember exact words but absurd or something but bitcoin is only slightly less just is only slightly less absurd but still slightly less absurd so why not throw 150 whatever they one and a half billion into bitcoin and the prop as soon as institutions and individuals buy it that makes the price go up because there's only 21 million of them so now everyone's like oh i should get some of that too and everyone wants it so price goes up so it it's stupid intellectually it's dumb because it's like this is a made-up thing right that's what's bothering me about it so much but you because you're thinking you could say that that about paper too though exactly it's no different to paper money it's exactly the same yeah time time to money money is backed by like governments and banks and stuff like that right whereas bitcoin isn't really regulated or well it's regulated in the way that everyone in the blockchain they all like all the blockchains it's, it's open need to source. Like, mesh together. Yeah, Bitcoin so, like, is a, Bitcoin anybody is a can technology. Go in there it's a technology, so right. it's bound by its technical specification. Whereas money is bound by the people, the people in power that control it. So who do you trust more? And over time, people are beginning to think, "Hmm, I think I'd rather trust in something that is scientifically based as a tech as a technology than my government, who have already, you know, whatever government it might be." Many people have many reasons to mistrust their government, right? Mm. And they've not been wrong in that. For you know, there's many examples where they're probably perfectly you know reasonable to to think that way. Um, well, do I don't even trust government... Tom because he's sitting there trying to get orange juice and muffins with getting <laughs> shot. Here. I know well, he's Marty, milking. Now the you know the workaround. He wants he wants brunch with his vaccine too. Jeez. For your second oh, shot, course. just kind of waver a little bit. Maybe look at a muffin. All right, so I should think I put the orange juice in the IV, but. They also, if you to. want, if you want to get an IUD, Marty, they give you applesauce and a little like box juice afterwards. I don't think I need one of those. <sighs> no, no one, no. Anywho, Neil, continue. Sorry for the tangent. No, I, I was done. Um, but that's that's why Bitcoin is, um, and other cryptocurrencies try to solve the the limitations of Bitcoin because people thought Bitcoin would be an actual currency where you'd like buy stuff with it. But yeah. the, the reality is, is I don't think you'll ever be buying like pizza and groceries with Bitcoin. Um, there <laughs> may be, that except did. that one guy who did, <laughs> but that was when it was, you know, just for fun and probably wishes he hadn't at this point. Cause that pizza was how many pizza Bitcoin did he pay for that? 10,000 Bitcoin, right? Which yeah. is worth $50 million. Now? 10 anyway, times 55,000 for a million. 10,000 times 55,000. That's uh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was a yeah. sandwich yeah. here that was taking Bitcoin. Payment. I was like, 
Well, a lot, a lot more people are taking Bitcoin now, and like PayPal are now taking Bitcoin. So all PayPal merchants can take Bitcoin, which is which is cool. But I think Bitcoin, there's other cryptocurrencies that are kind of built on the same, they're built on the same blockchain concept, but they they strive to um, do different things in in transactions and currency and and, and such. Um, whereas Bitcoin, it was the first one ever, so that's the one everyone knows, and that's kind of the leader. But it's also technologically also there for the, the beginning guy, right? So there's the, if you look at it purely technologically, Bitcoin's pretty basic. But that's why it's become like the gold of cryptocurrency. And these other cryptocurrencies are now the more speculative, more, you know, fancy ones in which you can do more fun things, right? And now you've got these smart contracts. Yeah, smart contracts. And now these NFTs, which are... NFTs are just... I don't even know. Like, I don't know that much about them, but geez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're heading... We're heading to a very interesting point in time because money is going to slowly lose its tangible nature because we're putting everything on cards. It's digital and we're talking, you know, so without people having cash and coin and everything else, it just is going to be, it's going to be a very interesting transition over the next 20 to 50 years as that shifts. But I mean, but, but even though, even though that's true, it doesn't mean that but we're already digitized in the financial world. I mean, Transactions and stock markets and international currency transactions and government transactions. Right. It's all it's all done digitally, so it's not like it's physical, um, but it's more like the devaluation of different currencies by different governments or by different central banks. Um, that's creating a problem whereby people are like, you know, I can I, I can have a million dollars in my bank, but if my government decides to print a ton of money. For whatever reason, justified or not, in in a year's time, the power, the purchasing power of that million dollars has gone down by ten. So you're like, so people are like, well, maybe I shouldn't have my money in money. People think of money as like the the um, the the purest form of own, of having any kind of wealth, but in actual fact, it's just another type of asset, right? It's like owning a house. It's like owning a bitcoin. It's like owning gold. And the truth is, is that money is becoming less and less and less attractive, I would say, day by day by day. I mean, inflation's already bearing down upon us. Anyway, I me- I'm talking... I'm I, saying, measure, like, been- I measure my wealth in the number of podcast ho- co-hosts that I love and count as friends. That you love. And okay. So, so it might not be four. I said love and count <laughs> that you as love. friends. Wow. All right. So that considering there's five of us and there's four co Four of you are co-hosts. Um, I consider myself pretty rich. In the intangible. So you're going Which to watch The Expanse? <laughs> <laughs> no. He's not going to do that. He hasn't even started watching. Oh, no, he did start watching Plays, but he fell asleep, and I bet you he hasn't. Twice. I fell asleep. I fell asleep twice. twice. What's wrong with you, dude? I fell asleep. You make it sound like it's boy. bad. I got, I, I got a shot in my arm, and next thing oh. I know... <laughs> So that was why. Yeah. <laughs> so you choose to watch this show when you're at your most um, exhausted. There, there was no orange juice or, or muffin. <laughs> or beer. If I can fix any of those, then maybe I can get through an episode of Plebs. Okay, yeah, you're not making it sound good at all when you say maybe I can get through one episode. <laughs> well, no, because then I pass out. My vision starts going. There's a humming. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your blood pressure? <laughs> 
I just feel I'm going back to Bitcoin just real fast. I think you are right that it is going to change over, but it's going to be like how computers and internet were for our generation and we just grew up with it and we get it. Whereas my mom gets confused on the iPad and I'm going to be my mom getting confused about Bitcoin eventually when I all my retirement dollars are not worth anything. Let the past die, Hannah. Let the past die. Well, the other thing is, I I would just need to read up on this more um, to actually understand what a Bitcoin is. But if you look too close at any of these types of currencies, it's all just perception. Did you not pay attention to the class that Andrew and Neil just put on? They just explained it I still don't really understand why there's a limited amount of Bitcoin because it's not a real thing. Because that's how the technology was written. That's how the technology works. Mm. Basically, a a Bitcoin... (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, I just repeat what I just said. Is there says, 21 million? Now, is that the actual is. number? Yeah, yeah. Tw- so the way Bitcoin works technologically, this might really bore you, but basically what happens is is there's a, the Bitcoin is coded in such a way that what you do is, is you say, let me try to, it starts at like block number one, right? So that's why it's called a blockchain. It's a chain of numerical blocks. So the very first block to ever exist was block number one. And block number one, you take the data from block number one, which contains a list of ledgers, a list of transactions between people. So it could be Hannah gave Marty $10, Tom gave Andrew 50 whatever. So it's a bunch of ledgers, random data. Just think of it that way. And it has information. It has the block number one, the, the ledger data that's in there, a couple of other identifiers, and then one other piece of information, which is called a nonce, right? which, in, which is a computer science um, term that effectively what you do is you just say i want to make block number two so block number one is available and everybody out there can code a miner and the miner will come and it will pick up block number one and it'll say okay let's see if we can make block number two it takes the data from block number one and it sets the nonce to one and it runs it through a hashing algorithm and depending upon the current difficulty level of bitcoin it says block so when bitcoin first began you have to take all that data and output a hash, a, two, a 64-bit hash, which is 256 characters. And the first eight digits, characters, have to be zero. So that's completely random. So if it isn't, you go to nonce number two and you run it again. So you have a, you basically build a, initially, basic computers could just spit through, spin through the nonces to look for, given the data in block number one, and keep going, and maybe when it gets to nonce number fifty-four thousand six hundred and twenty, it goes zero 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 zero, and then a bunch of stuff. And you're like, done. I found it. I've mined a Bitcoin. You throw that back into the blockchain. It gets verified by other people, and now block number two becomes once it gets verified two or three, two to three times, it's in the chain and it's locked. So now there's new work for anyone that wants to make block number three. So when you make block number two, originally you'd get like a, I think it was like um, 50 Bitcoins, I think it was, something like that, just mm-hmm. for mining that block. And that gets put into your wallet, which is a like basically like an email address. So now where you are today is you're in a, you're in a world where you've got massive server farms of people mining. Why is everyone laughing? And yeah, has a question. A Hannah, what's the question? <laughs> well, I, uh, just in case I'm running out, like, can you, once block one has closed and block two has been verified, can you, no one can get into block one anymore? 
Correct. Which is why, okay. which is why it's called a chain because uh, the the reason it's therefore decentralized is because the entire chain of every transaction that ever happened is completely locked in place and duplicated dis- and distributed across the internet. So no one can hack into it. No one can abuse it. It's like, and, and so there's another minor nuance to it, which is that maybe when you pull, let's like right now they're on like block number 670,000, right? So you can pull that in right now on your computer and you can start spinning through to try to mine Bitcoin. But the thing is, is that it's also theoretically possible that the data in that block cannot produce, there is no hash value. Oh, fuck. So, so it's not a guarantee that it's going to work. But, but bear oh. in mind, the block keeps building until and and, it, and it's also there's a little bit more to it than that but basically that's kind of the idea and and it's 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 built such that a new bitcoin is mined every 10 minutes approximately and the difficulty goes up so where it used to be possible like you could take the very first block right now go to the internet get a little miner program pull it down press the button and see and it'll and it'll work for you and it'll take about 14 seconds to mine the bitcoin but if you take block number 670-something thousand, the difficulty has gone up. So you actually have to get about 22 zeros now, which is many exponents higher. So you literally need, like your computer, you could never do it on a home computer. You cannot do it. You need, you need massive mining pools of, of hundreds, thousands of GPUs and ASIC, you know, specially designed, you know, circuitry that's designed for hashing this particular hashing algorithm to be mad fast to try to find it as quick as possible. So instead of doing it individually, what people do now is, is they club together, they pull their hardware together, and if one guy finds it, then everyone gets a split kind of thing. Because you're, you're up against Chinese, um, massive Chinese operations, massive US operations. Close to 50. Ma- yeah, like, Iceland. Close to 50%, I think, is in China, isn't it? Yeah, th- recently they all moved out because the Chinese government's bringing in their own cryptocurrency and they're trying to... So oh. they're, 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 yeah, they're, they actually... They they legged it about two weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but there's another massive one in Iceland because the temp because it's so low temp because that's one of the bad things about Bitcoin is the energy the um the, the green energy to mine the Bitcoin is is getting very large. So the Iceland's great because they have these massive uh, warehouses full of thousands and thousands of just specially rigged circuits. Um, but it's really cheap to run because they don't need all the AC and they can do all the calling, calling because. It's, it's really, really cheap. Oh. If you, yeah, if you if you go on YouTube and search for it, you can take a look and you can see these guys walking around this giant facility just to mine Bitcoin. It's like it's the stupidest shit you've ever heard, frankly. But it's fascinating too. Um, but actually, the technology, like I just explained it to the, to you in like ten minutes, right? It's really not much more complicated than that. Not really. I mean, sure, if you want to get into the codes of it, fine. But that's basically it. It's pretty simple. So then what's I do the... feel like I kind of get it, but I also, like a, a regular person, cannot get in on this. True, not, not with your Apple. No, not you, on mining. You can buy Bitcoin. You can buy some Bitcoin, <laughs> just yeah. like oh, you not... can buy Apple. Yeah, you would have to buy it. And oh, just... not on mining. Okay. Yeah. So what's the difference between like Bitcoin and, and Ethereum? Is that what it was? The other one that you mentioned? They're earlier? just they're different variants of blockchains. Some some of them you can. Some of them aren't limited, like Bitcoin. Bitcoin's finite, like Andrew mentioned. It has a halving process. So at the beginning, you'd mine like 50. And then after a certain amount of mine, then it, it halves, which means that from then on, every time you mine the new blocks, you only get 25. Right now, people are getting about six and a quarter Bitcoins 
for every block. And when the next halving happens, which I think is every four years or something. About three years, ten months. Three, yeah. Next time. So soon in the next year or two, whatever, whenever it is, for the same computing power, people will now only get three and an eighth of a Bitcoin. So, you know, that's what it looks like on the, you know, it's chart that never quite hits zero, right? So that um, lasts like 100 years. Is, 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 is a tiny it's portion of Bitcoin. going to be very flat right? and small. But one of the funny, hilarious things I, I find about Bitcoin is that because it was such a cowboy funny activity to begin, it just happened to take off in mainstream, you know, in, in the world, is that there are, they believe that there's about 2 million Bitcoins, 2 to 3 million Bitcoins that just lost forever. Like, I know a guy that I used to work with. He was like our operations manager. He mined Bitcoin back like in the first month that it was even like in the news. I think he pulled about 50 Bitcoins just for a laugh, put them on a USB drive, lost it. It's in a, it's in a, it's, it's, he moved house and he gutted his house. He gutted his garage, gutted everything, just lost. And there's so many of these USB sticks just in a landfill somewhere millions of dollars just sitting there that no one's ever going to find (laughs) usb yeah Yeah. it's hilarious but it's 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 fascinating i i find it fascinating Um, no for sure well with that said i guess then the the value will never decrease necessarily no 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 absolutely no no it could totally tank man that goes with like yeah with people buying into it if if people accept it as a viable form of currency or store of value that's where it's going to get its value from. And, right. I but mean, it's kind of like gambling then. Well, but oh, there's like life. such... Well, everything ha! is, right? Well, yeah. Holding, money, a, is, a holding money is gambling. Buying stocks is gambling. But if you look at that halving process, that, that three years, 10 months, and you look at the corresponding increases in price, that's the scarcity of it. That's the the, oh, yeah. the supply going down. So, I mean, the, the way it's been looking has been positive. But that could totally change overnight. Like, if the US were to make Bitcoin illegal, that could tank it in a day. Now, there'd be other repercussions and consequences of doing something like that. So they probably wouldn't want to do that. Or if they did, they would only probably do it if they were themselves in such big trouble that they felt they had to. Um, like mm-hmm. if Bitcoin was was because people think that Bitcoin's total market capitalization should be at least equivalent to gold. And right now, it's about a tenth or a twelfth of what gold is. So that says to you, okay, if Bitcoin is the digital version of gold, then it's going to multiply by ten within the next, who knows how long? Ten years, fifteen years, two it's going years. Yeah, trillion market cap. Yeah, easily. Right. So, so it's not a bad investment, but it's not something that you want to invest in. Um, you wouldn't want to invest all your money in it, and it's very volatile because cryptocurrencies they're like. Invest your investments or diversify your investments. That's what I mean. If your investment, if your investments are diversified and you're just putting one or two percent of your money in Bitcoin, then you don't care, right? But if you throw some people have put all their money in Bitcoin, like that dude, one of the biggest proponents of it is a company from Mike called MicroStrategy, who he's he has taken a company, a technology company, invested all of their money in Bitcoin over the last you know few years made so much money that they're really not, even though they still make a product and they're still technically a technology company, they're really a Bitcoin company. And if you want to invest in Bitcoin, you can buy, although there's a premium, I guess, but you can buy into that company because it's almost analogous to investing in Bitcoin because everything they have is Bitcoin. 
So, and Musk is doing the same, right? You know, whatever. And everybody's saying Apple should do it. But, you know, it's a little bit more of a stretch, I think, for those big companies at the moment. Um, but yeah, Bitcoin's fascinating. I love, I, I just got into it recently myself, not because I'm like investing tons of money in it or anything, but I just, I learned more about it technically and I was like, huh, this is really cool. Like I really actually believe in the, the idea of Bitcoin. Um, and they think what it'll end up being is not necessarily a store of gold, but the de facto, uh, cross in, you know, multinational currency exchange mechanism. Like you won't use it to buy pieces and coffee, but it can be used to for big transactions between big multinational corporations and governments um, because it's decentralized. It's super for that from that perspective. It, you know, it has the bandwidth to deal with the scale because you can't it can't deal with that many transactions per second for people to buy McDonald's. You know, and 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 thousands and thousands of consumer purchases constantly. So other currencies might become that or maybe not, right? That's just your dollar. Or that's your, that's your normal money. Yeah. So what was the, I, I feel like I read or heard of stories, like let's go back 10 years or so that somebody just kind of like tanked the whole value of it because they took all the money and ran or took all the bitcoins and ran like and then they, they just disappeared never heard from again well that was the that was the mt gox which was an exchange that allowed you to buy and sell bitcoin um and that was a uh i think was it japanese i don't i don't know well, like i said i this, didn't even know what bitcoin was so, back there I, yeah know. this is that, more so, so like the the founder of all of this kind of just disappeared with oh uh, my god but the founding story is probably the most amazing part of bitcoin which is that who made who wrote the code who made bitcoin nobody knows the, it was it's a name but no one know, no it's one called, knows who that yeah name yaka yaka muda satoshi or something like that right and a satoshi is what they call like 0.0001 of a bitcoin and they don't know if it was an individual person or if it was a group of people but what they did is they made it and they mined him or them mined a million bitcoins just to get the technology rolling and to test it worked. So they own the first million bitcoins. Okay, so they have those. And then they disappear. No one knows who they are. Nobody has the faintest clue who that person is. But that individual, if you imagine Bitcoin getting to a market cap like gold or even beyond it, You've now got one person, assuming it's not a group, who has that, like, who is already today, like, the fourth or fifth richest man in the world. And if Bitcoin becomes, like, ten times bigger, would be, like, five times richer than Bezos. And no one knows who he is, which is fucking great. How cool is that? The richest person is some random dude who has Bitcoins and no one knows who he is. Probably something nefarious. It's but de uh, definitively, uh, like there is somebody that has that, or some group of people that have it. Like oh, that, it, that that million exists somewhere. Uh, That's how James Bond villains are created, guys. Unless they're in a unless they're in the landfill somewhere because they lost yeah. it. But oh, yeah. No <laughs> one's going to write that technology <laughs> and fucking throw it in a landfill, right? The only people yeah. who have it in landfills are idiots who just didn't know what was going on, right? Because mm -hmm. and the reason, by the way, and there's the reason, no way to get that back. No, because again, it's an it's an it's incorruptible. So that's what I was about to say. So mm. you can go and buy a Bitcoin and you can buy it from an exchange. And what they do is, is they'll hold your Bitcoin on the exchange. So they sort of float it there. It's kind of like owning a stock. 
But if you don't actually have the keys that represent your Bitcoin, the, the actual private keys, you really don't have the Bitcoin. You have it in Fawazi Exchange, but if the exchange goes down, you have no way to get that out. So what you can do is, is you can take it off the exchange and pull it down into what they call cold storage, which is you write it down on a piece of paper or you put it in a digital wallet or on a USB drive, and then it's off the net, so to speak. And actually in Bitcoin, over 60% of all currently my Bitcoins are not traded, which suggests that they're owned by large investors, institutions, and people that don't want to, like they're, they're pulled away and they're holding them as a store of value. And what that actually does is pushes the price up because it means the total supply of Bitcoin is obviously only 40% of the available Bitcoins that are out there that haven't been mined yet or that have been lost. So, yeah. But the, the interesting thing is, is if that Satoshi guy, assuming it's just one dude or one woman or whatever, if he just came into the market one day and just dumped all his Bitcoins, the price would just crash. Like he would bring down, it would just dive, right? Because... He's literally controlling that much Bitcoin that he can just flood. I mean, why he would or wouldn't has, you know, no one knows. But one of the big exchanges is about to go public. And Coinbase. They were like, yeah, Coinbase. And, and what they said was, among many things, when you go public, you have to say, you know, what are the risks ahead of us so that our shareholders and investors might know what, why you would or wouldn't want to invest in us. And they said probably the biggest risk to Bitcoin is Satoshi and hopefully satoshi will never reveal himself and because it poses a significant you know headwind to bitcoin if they should just randomly come out and say yo it was me i made bitcoin or do whatever you know just the mystery of it is probably more settling for the market than actually knowing who who the fuck it is an already volatile currency an already volatile thing but i personally would love for some dude to come out and be because i was like wouldn't it be cool to make a documentary where we could call it like finding <laughs> finding satoshi and we do some mad like journalism shit and investigative work go to japan try and find this motherfucker like it's probably some dude living in a crappy little apartment or something on the corner of some sushi fucking bar or something i, I don't know i just I mean, it's very romantic i love the idea of it but... neil you're an anarchist Oh, I am for sure i mean but no i'm not i'm not an anarchist you want to see you want to see the market crash and burn that's yeah. I don't want to see the market. It crash doesn't and burn. sound like he wants that to happen. No, I don't want to see that, but I do see it. Crash that is and fascinating. Burn. I don't want to see a crash and burn. I mean, absolutely not. I find it I fascinating don't... that you can write, take your money or your Bitcoin out and write it down. You just have it on the computer screen. Write it That's down. That's pretty cool. And just be like, and it's gone, but I have it here. <laughs> it is weird because that the thing is, is, is if if you lose that piece of paper. That as you have like a 12, a seed word, basically 12, 12 words that can rebuild your Bitcoin. If you lose it. I'm just, to me, that's gone. just the, yeah. the most like absurd yeah. thing about the whole thing. It's like, I'm going to write this word down that I see on a screen. It's, but the yeah, weird thing is, is I that... forget my password for my bank. I just change it. Yeah. No, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to write it somewhere, you know, safe. Yeah. For sure. one but of those that's also boxes that are like fireproof. Fire, you gotta get a firebox down. Yeah, put it in a bank vault somewhere. Yeah. But it, that, that's also why Bitcoin has, has become a, a real target for um, you know for digit you know for for cyber terrorists because they by think about it you can hack into someone's computer or get their seed code from them or get their private keys. 
And as soon as someone has your private keys, they have your money. It's the equivalent of walking into your bank account and taking that money and putting it in their bank account. Or they if can, you held so everything in cash. it's better to just take it off. Yeah, if you have it in cash under the bed, you go pull it under their mattress and you run away and that's it. It's theirs, right? So mm. that's kind of how, that's what the Bitcoin version of that is. So a lot of cyber terrorists have spent time like duping people out of it, making fake sites so that they put in their passwords to try to get their private keys and all that nonsense. So you have to be careful. The problem with, that's the problem with crypto, I think, is that it's it's still very immature. You still need a little bit of a, there's a bit of a technical barrier to the whole process. There's not a technical barrier to buying Bitcoin. You could buy $100 of Bitcoin right now on Robinhood and you have to do nothing but click buy, right? But if you want to actually offload it and blah, blah, blah and stuff, it's a little bit annoying, um, but not that bad. I mean, it's just, it's not the convenience of rent swiping a credit card, right? I, I do have one more question about that blockchain. So in the blockchain itself, I mean, it describes every transaction that happens, right? Are people's like actual names in there or is no. it sort no, of like an I- is it sort it's of like the, an IP the, address? In no, a way? it's the pri- it's the keys. It's the private keys. Each okay, Bitcoin, it's just the keys. everyone has a so wallet. Would, it's yeah. like an e- it's like an email address, but it's just a hash value. So there's no names, no people. There would be nothing. no way to tie it back to somebody. Like if you went through the transaction history of the of that to like tie it back to some specific person. Well, like there is. The, were, I mean, yes, there is because obviously the governments have already gotten in on it and are regulating it. So now, if you want to buy Bitcoin. You have to go to an exchange. You have to give them forms of identification, right? Driver's license, um, etc., to get through the system. So they do what, like the U.S. government wants to be able to tr- for, the, for money laundering reasons. Because you know, think how easy it is to launder Bitcoin, right? That's what it's also been kind of like, like anti-Bitcoiners are like it's just a ridiculous, you know, stupid thing, and people can launder money and. And in the early days, I think when it was used, you know, like on Silk Road for, you know, uh, medications, um, drugs, traffic, trafficking, etc. Um, it kind of got that reputation. But now, if you want to go buy Bitcoin, of course, you could find someone to sell you Bitcoin. I could give you some Bitcoin. And then the US government would never know that you bought that Bitcoin from me because the chain would stop at me because I bought it off the exchange, right? And then if that, and if you sold it to someone else and someone else and someone else, then whatever. But they would not, you know. But it, it's, it's semi traceable, but it's still fundamentally, a not, a, it's a private currency. It's not necessarily, but it's not, don't think of it as like it's fully, you know, un, um, complete privacy it's not it's not completely private in that right but like is there any way to go back to that very first transaction the very first million and figure out all right if this same let's say you had a number tied to you or like the equivalent of having your name on there would you be able to run through that transaction list and potentially do like a find uh in the transaction history to see if those million have ever moved whether they were sold back onto the market in, in, in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's, if... yeah, of course. That's how they know that because uh, when a block is mined, mm-hmm. it generates new keys and a new block is created. So then all those keys and all that information about the blocks and the keys within it and the pieces of the of the Bitcoin, of the blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, everything is traceable, but through an anonymous, you know, a non-identifiable way. And that's exactly how they know 
that a certain percentage of Bitcoins and how they also know that the first million that were ever created mm. have never moved, That's never been sold, pretty never amazing. been, yeah, yeah ne- never been passed on, never, you, never, never moved. Yeah. Do you know yeah. of any kind of like documentaries or any sort of, I don't know, content creators that kind of overview the whole history of Bitcoin and uh, to, to not, learn even more I mean, about uh, this? There's a bunch of videos on YouTube you can watch yeah. that talk about Bitcoin. Um, I don't know of any particularly like all-encompassing documentary. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it is pretty fascinating. Like I would like to learn a little bit more yeah. about it. Like it, even more into the like the whole blockchain and the mining right. aspect of it. I think if understand you, it more. If you go into YouTube, you'll find three different types of videos. You'll find investor-type videos why Bitcoin's going to be the best thing ever or why Bitcoin's going to surf and why you should buy it or why you shouldn't. You'll find technical videos about Bitcoin mining, how the blockchain works, how to mine your own Bitcoin, the technology behind it. And then you'll find, um, uh, what was I going to say? I forget. My mind drew a blank. But uh, Bitcoin, yeah, I forget. Um but anyway, yeah, sorry. Different aspects of... There's kind of like three main areas. It's investors, technology, and um, I guess just Bitcoin as a, as a philosophically, like the cons- the history of Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. where it is. Is, is DeFi the way like to go? Is what? A decentralized finance, the way to go for the future. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, everyone talks about it now. I mean, it's like... It's on mainstream media. It's talked about by all these people. So it's obviously in the conversation of finance. Um, but it could just as easily go to zero as it could go to a million dollars. So, yeah. you know, do <laughs> who knows? Do, do your own yeah. research. This yeah. is not a financial advice This is podcast. not financial advice. <laughs> Maybe we should put yeah. this at the front. I do feel like I learned 500% more about Bitcoin than I knew yeah. coming into this last half hour. So well, that the was one my thing biggest... I'll say to, Regret. I'm sorry I went on about Bitcoin. Yeah, this spun out from my high school, like, <laughs> my high school disappointment, and we talked about Bitcoin for half an hour. I'm sorry. Did we ever I... get with Marty's one? No, 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 no. You can't, don't be sorry. <laughs> no, I, I am because like I've been talking about for half an hour, and I'm sure people are like, "What the fuck?" Well, <laughs> my missed opportunity is to share my missed opportunity here because. <laughs> It's nine forty-five, <laughs> and if we continue, God, if we continue this podcast longer, we're going to miss out on Rocket League. So sorry, Marty. <laughs> it's also my favorite way to end the podcast by saying, "I got to pee soon, y'all." <laughs> so it's probably time to wrap it up. You know, Hannah, your cat's left a while ago, and I didn't see him come back. What's behind that mysterious dark door there? Where Where are they? Like, dark door. Do you live? Are they just? I don't know if you can actually. They just sit in the dark. So Wobbles is in that pink thing. Oh, uh, okay. They came back. I didn't. I saw but them more, wob- like hobbling that, out. The dot part is my hallway. Okay. All and I... then, yeah, Morris is in the living room in the dark by himself. Oh, so he likes to sit in the dark. That's fine. Well, he normally likes to come bother us while we record. He hasn't come this whole time. I'm a little, I feel a little offended. I was going to say, meanwhile, Marty's over there eating some Jack, Jack Link's. Beef jerky, it looks like. He's making 80s job real difficult to. to <laughs> I saw him carefully ear opening the bag. On. I haven't eaten and since it noon. So it's been noise. nine hours. I haven't had dinner. So I'm trying to, that, like. <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, 
give myself I'm 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 gonna pull a Tom missed, here and faint. His missed opportunity was dinner tonight. <laughs> he said a lot today. Oh man. Well that was I can give you my two stories real quick. Okay. They're really short. Sure. Right. Stories. Go on. Do it. Okay. First first one, I count it as a missed missed opportunity because it's a missed opportunity for an experience just to say that I did this. In college, I went to WSU, had the opportunity with my good friend Nick. He came up and he goes, Hey, you want to go to a concert? It's fifteen dollars. It was Taylor Swift. The next year, she came back, and the tickets were like $80, and I said no. So missed opportunity. I could have gone to like a, a little kind of uh, small concert. Like a small venue. And it, the concert was at Idaho, the University of Idaho. And it could have been like I could have had a meet and greet with Taylor Swift. Like just missed out on that opportunity. He could be married by now. I oh, know. I could have had a song. <laughs> I could have had a song. <laughs> On my end, it's about a concert, too, because Death Cab for Cutie came to Whitman uh, one year. I would rather that. But that and I great. did get asked by someone if I wanted to go with them to Death Cab for Cutie. And I wanted to go to Death Cab for Cutie, but I didn't want any ideas to be placed in the head. So I did not go to the concert. I went and I to that one. I don't talk to this guy. I should have gone to it. I came, back, I came back to town for that concert, actually. Uh, Hannah, yeah, we could have met. <laughs> Oh my god, like way earlier than we did uh-huh. before. Yep. Hold on, hold on. You're saying you didn't want to say you wanted to go because you didn't want this guy to think you were into it. Yeah. But you really did want to do the activity. That must yeah, suck. but I guess not enough to buy my own ticket. I don't Yeah, I don't yeah you it. didn't want to go on your own. And if, imagine if you bought your own ticket and then gone and then seen him there. Weird, well, it? my New Year's resolution, <laughs> this is the first year that my New Year's resolution is to go to things by myself. So I wasn't quite there yet. I don't know, 12 years ago. <laughs> What's the second one, Marty? Second one, Marty, yeah. So it actually um, kind of is what started this was Hannah saying about Sadie Hawkins' banquet. And back in high school, um, I, I was pretty active and in, into different clubs or helping out with things. And I was looking for any an opportunity to get out of class. So I volunteered to get out of class and help set up Sadie Hawkins. The head cheerleader, actually a pretty good friend of mine, um, at the time, um, we're talking and everything. She was like, well, who are you coming to the dance with? And I was like, nobody. She's like, I have to go with somebody else because you didn't say that. And I like, I didn't ever broadcast any, anything in high school. I was weird. Andy can attest. I'm still weird. Was? <laughs> I said still am. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little confused by that story. Was she giving you an opening to ask her to the Sadie Hawkins? No, she was saying was- you missed your opening to ask me. No, because she would have asked me. But I, because I didn't like put out that or anything that I wasn't, not that anything would have happened, but I could have been asked by You said nobody. I, so she would, she ended up asking somebody who she didn't want to ask or go with because she thought everybody else had a date and I didn't have a date. Uh, And so like missed up, not that anything would have happened, but. Yeah, just saying. Could, could have been your high school sweetheart. Could have been married by now. Could be married by now, yeah. <laughs> all, all we're going to ever say to Marty. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying nothing would have happened in that regard. But I'm just saying, going back to my missed opportunity, with, as Hannah pointed out, with Sadie Hawkins' banquet, that was my missed opportunity there. It was also Sadie Hawkins in a different way. 
And a missed opportunity is just kind of a big old mystery, so who fucking knows what would have happened? Right. Well, no, she could have been I, a serial killer and killed you. <laughs> I would like to not do a bunch of things that I did, but I can't do that either, so here we are. I have two podcasts now. I'm fine. Talk about seizing opportunity here. <laughs> Talk about hedging your bets, man. <laughs> podcast with a new currency, right? <laughs> But uh, no, all right. So this this was plans are optional. We're gonna have to get out of here because it's, it's once once again gone on yeah. longer. I, if you guys, I apologize, like, guys. No, I apologize. No, no, no. Don't don't apologize. But if you guys like these longer episodes, let us know. If you want us to shore them up, we'll do that too. But um, just like all your other feedback, we'll be waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs>